Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. and thank you so much for joining me for episode two on the Widow podcast. Today I want to talk about grieving children and how best to communicate with them, support them, be with them in their grieving journey. Now I have to say I am not a trained child counsellor, supporter, bereavement specialist, any of those things. Um, These are things that I have personally learnt on my own journey um, through supporting my two children through their grief. Things I've also learnt through going to Winston's Wish, um, a, a child bereavement charity here in the UK who are absolutely fantastic and offer so much support to, you know, families of bereaved children and the children themselves. Um, But also through clients and, and talking to clients and, you know, how they have helped their children. And I wanted to share these things with you because I know as a widowed mum, not only are we trying to navigate our own way, through our grieving journey we are trying to support our children through theirs and we have absolutely no idea how to do this we are not trained nobody talks about it um it's a world you you find yourself in that is very scary very unknown and is is just not talked about is it um so i thought this might help um Obviously, when Simon, my husband, died, um, my children, they were nine and five at the time. Um, So they were very young. Now, when Simon died, I was a midwife. And before that, I was a nurse. So in terms of talking to people about death and dying, um, I I had some experience. I had some knowledge in terms of don't try and fluff things up. Don't try and make things sound better than they are when somebody has died. You have to use the words dead and died. And they make people feel so desperately uncomfortable. Um, they make me feel uncomfortable. And, and, and I've used them historically and I've obviously been in, in difficult situations with people. Um, but when it comes to your own children, again, you, you know that those words just feel so wrong. They feel so harsh, so brutal, so final. But we have to remember that it is the truth. Somebody has died. The person is dead. And it's awful. It's just awful. Um, but using terms like they've passed away, they've gone to sleep, that almost offers some hope that they might come back, they might wake up. Um, there's no finality in it. Um, and, you know, that that's, that's not right, is it? So when speaking to your children, use the words 
I know they're uncomfortable. I know they sound harsh and, and unkind, but you're, you're not offering hope that isn't there. Um, so I obviously had to tell my two that, you know, their dad had died and I had two very different reactions, two very different reactions. My eldest just broke down and cried her eyes out. My youngest um, became a bit more practical and she wanted to comfort my eldest. And, you know, again, I'm trying to navigate my way through this and, and I didn't fully understand what was going on and what I should or shouldn't be doing. Um, but I, you know, I had, I had some good advice from the police officers that told me about Simon and they, cause you know, instinctively I wanted to tell my children that their dad had become ill and he was in hospital and I was going to go and see him and hopefully he'd be all right because I just wanted, I just, I just wanted to protect them. I didn't want to have to tell them that. Um, but as the policeman rightly pointed out to me, they're going to know something's wrong and you don't want to lie and you really, really don't. And I think this is one of the most important things that I have learned is to be honest, be truthful with your children in an age appropriate way. You, you know, it, it, you're going to speak to a five year old very differently than you would a 15 year old. But you as a parent will know that and you will understand, you, you know, that their their understanding of things and, and how you maybe need to communicate things to them. But it's so important that they know they can trust you and that they know they can come to you for the truth. You've got to work your way through this together and you are going to create a bond so strong with your children through this experience. Not always. I understand that. I know sometimes it's difficult for, for, for people and, and relationships become strained. But always, always be honest, be truthful, tell your children what they need to know. If they're asking you a question, they're old enough to know the answer. Because what happens if we don't, if we don't tell them the truth, if we're not factual with them, they will go away and they will make up an answer themselves. And the answer they make up will often be far worse than the truth or the reality of the situation. But also we want them, we want them to come to us. We want them to know that they can come to us for the truth, for the answers where we have them. We're not always going to have them. They may ask questions like, why did daddy die? Why did mummy die? Why did this have to happen to us? And it's okay to say, I don't know. I don't know why this happened. Um, obviously you can explain the reason again in an age appropriate way for me it, it was you know Simon had a heart attack so I, I told them you know that his heart it stopped working they tried to get it working but it was too broken and they couldn't fix it um, so you can explain that but you know they may say but why why daddy why did this happen to him and it's okay to say I don't know I don't know why but maybe then use that as an in to a conversation about how they feel and say, I don't know the answer. How does that make you feel? And see what they say. And it may well open up a, a conversation and you're creating that space for them to explore what it is they're feeling because they're gonna be feeling a lot as you know, you, as you are. Um, and, I, and I often used to, to think to myself, and I still do, 
you know, when I say to my children, are you okay? Are you grieving? Do you feel sad? Especially in, in the early days. And, you know, when you say, how are you? What's going on? What are you feeling? <laughs> and I thought, how can I, how can I expect them to answer that question? I don't know how to answer that question when people ask me. I don't know how to explain to someone exactly what's going on for me and exactly how I'm feeling because it's so alien. It's so raw. It's so painful and it's so heavy. I don't know how to articulate that. So how can I expect my children to? Um, so sometimes it's just sometimes giving them that space that, that they need um, and, and desire to, to talk and to talk honestly and, and openly. Um don't hide your emotions, I think, is, is a really important one, because if we hide our emotions, they will, they will mirror that behavior. They will take that on and they will, they will follow your, your footsteps, I suppose, in grief and, and how you respond to grief. And if typically British, as we do, um, that that sort of stiff upper lip mentality. Um, I'm strong. I can do this. I don't need to show emotion. Um, if that's how we behave, our children will behave like that. And it's healthy to find ways of releasing what is within, of letting out all the feelings and talking about it, normalizing it, because if we don't tell our children how we're feeling, and again, in an age appropriate way, you know, you don't have to go into the, the real heavy depths of it to a, an eight year old child, but explore a little bit how it's feeling for you, you know, explain that it, it hurts and you really miss your person. And it, it just sometimes you just feel so sad. And sometimes you feel angry. And sometimes you feel confused. And all the different emotions that you're feeling, because by doing that, you're normalizing it for them. Because by listening to you, they're then thinking, ah, oh, okay, I'm feeling a bit like that too. That must be okay. They may not respond. They may not talk back to you. Respect that. We are all going to grieve very differently as adults and as children. And there's no one right way of doing it. You know, my eldest is quite a closed book. She doesn't hugely talk about her emotions. She cried when I told her her dad had died. I have never, ever seen her cry since about that. She has never sat down with me and said, I really miss my daddy. This really hurts. It's so unfair. The grief is so heavy. She's never said any of those things to me. Obviously, that doesn't mean she hasn't felt them. She just doesn't show it. That makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm a very open, very honest, heart on my sleeve kind of person. And being with someone that doesn't show me that, I find difficult. I've, I find that uncomfortable. So when it's my own daughter, I naturally wanted to kind of make her talk to me. I, I was, you know, in my mind, I was like, you have to talk to me. You have to show your emotion. You've got to do it. And she didn't. She didn't have to do those things. She had to do it in her way. And I just had to support her in that. And I've learned that through this. My youngest, on the other hand, um, was very, very emotionally open and cried and screamed and talked to me and asked all the questions and said all the things that were on her mind. 
And I actually found that easier to deal with because I knew what was going on as much as it was a lot more heartbreaking to deal with. But, you know, children will find their own way. And and Winston's Wish referred to it as puddle jumping. And I know other child bereavement charities do too. They jump in and out of grief. One minute they're heavily in it and they're crying and they're really upset and they're, they're un, un, inconsolable. And then the next they're out of it and they're off playing and laughing. And, and you're kind of left thinking, hang on a minute, what's, what's, what's going on? What are they doing? What, are they okay? <laughs> um, and that's very much how children deal with it. And it, it, it's quite discombobulating as an adult because you, 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 you don't quite know where it fits because it's not the same for us but that's how it is for children. And we have to allow them the time and the space that they need. We have to let them go off and have their fun with their friends, but also create an environment that they can come to you. They can show their grief. They can speak their truth. They can ask the questions and know that it's that safe, nurturing space for them that that they need, that we all need. And we have to provide that for them. So let them know that, you know, all these different emotions, all these different feelings, they're very normal. Your children will be guided by you and and how you grieve. So, you you know, I'm not saying break down every five minutes, but if if that's how you're feeling in a day, go with it. Let let them see it. Don't don't hide it from them. Um, Also, if, if you're having some fun, you know, let them see that. Let them see you having some fun. Then they know it's okay. To, to find joy in moments and to laugh with friends and, and not feel guilty about it. They have a lot of the same thoughts. And I do, I do think we have to, to, to guide them as, as best as we can in that. Um, have something tangible. Now, as I was just saying with my youngest, when she really lost it, there were times she went to to, to bed it was it's always at night isn't it it's always just as you're putting them down to bed everything erupts everything starts going wrong you're exhausted after a heavy day and you're thinking oh I'll just get the kids to bed and I can have some time no <laughs> they've got an entirely different idea it all it all starts to go wrong every you know emotions are, are becoming heightened everyone's getting frustrated and all of a sudden it erupts um, you know, your, your, your child, your son, your daughter just suddenly has this outburst of emotion and you don't know what to do. You don't know what to say. And what I found really helpful was to have some tangible things that we could go to. So pictures, cards that they've written, letters that they've written, jewelry, locks of hair, clothes, anything that belonged to them that you can have in a box, that you can get the box out, have some music. Um, my daughter really wanted the music that was played at the funeral because um, it was it was played, this one song, Caravan of Love, <laughs> because we love the caravan. Um, it was pay, played at the beginning of, of the service, but it was played about eight times as we were eight, waiting forever. There were so many people, we were waiting for everyone to come in. It was, And it became a, a bit of a, a joke, actually. But obviously this song stuck and she wanted the song to be played and she wanted to get all the stuff out. And I would just sit and I would just hold her while she cried. And, and she, when she had something tangible, she obviously felt connected to her dad and you, she would just relax. You could feel her body just relaxing and giving into it. And we would then sit and we would listen to the music and we would talk about daddy and we would go through his stuff. And it worked. 
it worked. It gave her that connection that she needed. It gave her that outlet that she needed. It gave her something. And I would, you know, again, highly recommend you create these memory boxes, memory jars, something that they can go to. It's helping them find a release, but also finding a way they can connect because that's a lot of what this is about, right? Finding an ongoing connection with our loved one, even though they're, they're, you know, they're not here in in the physical sense. Our relationship with that person doesn't end when they die. It continues and we have to find ways of continuing that. And and it's the same for children. Um, So that's a really helpful way of of helping them in in their moments of despair. Sometimes they just want to do it when they're not in those moments of despair. But it's it's a really handy thing to have, you know, where you can easily get to it um, for when when your children have their moments. Learn about how children grieve and, and, you know, listen to your children and, and what they're saying to you. A bit like yourself, you will guide yourself through your grief. You know how to grieve in the best way. The problem is we take on everyone else's beliefs and and ideals around it. It's the same for children. They know, they know what they need. So, you know, learn a little bit about it, read up a little bit about it, speak, you know, there's helplines out there, Winston's Wish and other charities um, that you can contact that, you know, have people that will help you at the end of a phone who are brilliant, but also listen to your children, listen what to what they have to say, you know. Um, don't try and solve all their problems um, when they're talking to you and don't tell them not to be silly. Um, it's, it's very, very easy. And I, I still do it now. You know, your, your child says something to you, you go, oh, don't be silly. No, that's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. You, you know, you, you're overreacting and you kind of diminish what it is they're thinking and feeling. Um, and it's important that we try not to do that, that we really listen to what it is they're saying. Um, you know, they, they, <laughs> They're going to ask a lot of questions um, and they're going to ask uncomfortable questions. What happens if you die? What happens if I die? Um, and naturally, you want to kind of say to them, no, it's OK. It's OK. I'm going to be here. I'm going to look after you. I'm sticking around forever. You're going to be OK. You're going to live to your old. But we can't promise these things. We can't make false promises. But what we can do is say that we are going to do our best to be around for as long as we can. We are going to try and maybe not try. Um, You plan, you plan to be around to see your children have children and and maybe your your children's children have children if, if you're so lucky because you want to get to be an, an old lady um, who has been there for her children and her grandchildren and maybe her great-grandchildren. And in that, your children will hear that that is what you want to do, but you're not making promises that you cannot keep. They will also ask you about themselves, what happens to them, what will happen if they die. Um, and, you know, again, very horrible conversations to have with your children. And again, you say, you know, we're going to be as healthy as we can. We're going to live a good life. We can't control what happens in the future. So it's important that we make the most of the make the most of now. But, you know, if these things do happen, you're going to work through it and you're going to do your best and you're going to try everything you can to make to make them better. 
Um, again, it's not making false promises, but it's allowing them to talk about their worries and their fears. And again, you don't have to have all the answers. If you think they're becoming really dark, maybe, you know, look for some support somewhere for your children to, to go to work through their, their feelings and emotions if it feels too much. Um, but giving them, again, the time and the space that they are going to need to process these thoughts. Somebody has died in their world. So for them, and also for us, it then makes it far more real that somebody else is going to die or you're going to die. And I don't know about you, but I'm forever worrying about myself dying, getting ill, something happening to one of my children, touch wood, something happening to somebody else around me, because it's, it's real in your world. It's happened. You know, it happens and it could happen again. So, you know, it's, it's important that we explore the, those feelings and we give them the time that they need, but also you know, the reassurance, I suppose, that you're going to do your best, okay? You're, you're going to be as healthy as you can. You're going to, you know, stick around for as long as you can. And and that's what you, you plan to do for your future. If they ask you about you dying and where they're going to go, again, try not to dismiss them. Explain what's going to happen. You know, do you have a plan? Who is going to look after them? They're going to make up the answers themselves if you don't give it to them. So it's really good to just let them know that they will be going to an auntie, some grandparents, family, friends. Um, you know, these people are going to love you. They're going to care for you. They're going to nurture you and, and you will be OK. And, and again, it's answering the, the questions that they have in an honest way, in a factual way, so they don't go away and make up answers because in their mind they might think they're going to be homeless and no one's going to look after them and they're going to be on the streets and that's far worse than the reality of you're going to be with your grandparents or your auntie um ask them what they want i had a real dilemma after simon died i didn't know whether or not i should take maybe not so much ella my youngest she was five but sydney who was nine should i take her to go and see simon in in the funeral home I'd been to see him and I, I needed that. I needed that. I needed to see him. I needed to be with him. I needed to speak to him and I needed that closure. Um, and I knew instinctively that's what I needed, but I didn't know whether, should I offer it to her? Is it too much? What do I do? And I battled with it. I was speaking to my parents and my sister and I was like, I, just, I don't know what's right. Do I take her? Do I not take her? In the end, I was just sat with Simon chatting to him about it. And I felt like he kind of gave me the answer, whether he did or not, I don't know. Um, I, and he always used to say, even when he was alive, he'd be like, talk to them, talk to them, ask them what they think, ask them what they feel, be guided by them. You know, they're people in their own rights. And I just, just suddenly thought I'm going to, I'm going to speak to her. I'm going to ask her. And I did. And I, and I asked her if she, cause I, I then thought, I've, I've offered it to her so she can't kind of ever say to me, I wanted to and you didn't offer it. I didn't offer it to my five-year-old, um, but I still feel comfortable in the choice that I made there and that if she ever questioned me on it, I would say I thought you were a little bit young. But with Sydney, you know, as she was nine at the time, I wanted to give her that option. She didn't want to see him and that was fine. They both came to the funeral. They both wanted to come to the funeral. Um, Ella, my youngest, wanted to see where he died because he died on a bike ride. Sydney didn't. But it's asking them, asking them what they feel they need, what they want, and, and be guided by them. 
they children are far more knowledgeable um that they're, they're far more aware they understand a lot more than we give them credit for and i've really seen that through this journey and sometimes i think we have to give them that respect and and let them sort of guide us a little bit um not with everything you know sometimes you as a parent you do know best and you have to to trust in that and and be guided by your instincts um because they're often right but you know if you're not sure ask your child and i think you know what's what's really important in it all is that we lead by example so you know, try and, and grieve, you know, learn about grief, be kind to yourself in your grief, be honest about what's happening for you, how you're feeling, what you're thinking, share that with your children, normalize it for them. So they don't feel quite so alone and so isolated. Be sad, when you need to be sad, be happy when you feel that little bit lighter. Talk to them ab- about what's going on for you in your world. And like I say, lead the way. They will follow your example. So if you're worried, maybe sometimes we have to look at our own behaviors and think, am am I being a certain way? And and they're taking that on. Um, But just know, just know that you are enough. You don't have to be both parents. You are good enough. You, You are enough by yourself you do know how to bring up your children they love you you love them you will work this out together um it's a long arduous journey and it's it's a journey that we're learning on all the time but be kind to yourself be kind to them give it the time and the space that it needs be honest be factual don't make false promises, listen to them and don't hide your, your own emotions. I hope some of those, those tips, ideas have helped. Um, as I say, I'm not a, a professional in this world at all, but there's some things that I've learned along the way. And I think I have a wonderful relationship with my children. It's not perfect. They drive me mad at times. Um, and, and it's not easy, but, you know, I've, I've kind of, I've done the things I've talked about today and it's, it's, it's been a good guideline for me um, in, in my grief and in their grief. And I wanted to share that with you so that, you know, you could maybe utilize some of those things um, just to help you find some clarity amongst the chaos sending you all lots of love as always and i look forward to seeing you again soon take care bye-bye thank you so much for listening today on the widow podcast if you would like to find out more about how i can help you please visit my website www.karensutton.co.uk I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future. So get in touch, let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. 
I look forward to hearing from you.